We are thrilled, thrilled to partner with Wazelle, a by women for women brand of premium athletic apparel. During the month of June 2022, save 25% off any Wazelle tank tops by using code AMR25 at checkout at wazelle.com. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Sign up for Indeed now and get a $75 credit toward your first sponsored job. Plus, earn up to $500 extra in sponsored job credits with Indeed's virtual interviews. Visit indeed.com AMR to learn more. We're pleased to once again partner with Curex, the number one insole in the run specialty retail market, meaning in running stores, it's the top selling brand of insoles. It's no wonder. Curex insoles are highly customized and provide dynamic arch support. For 15% off, visit curex.us and use code AMR15. Welcome to AMR Trains, a podcast about training and racing and endurance sports. I'm Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner. And I'm Sarah Wassner Flynn. I'm happy to be back with you, Dimity. I know. I'm glad to be reunited. It feels so good. And um, this podcast is coming out two days after the official Father's Day. Um, but, you know, you, you, you catch the pro runners like Ryan Hall or the pro dads, I guess, celeb pro runners, um, when you can get them. Um, but I wanted to take a moment because you... Um, recently put up a post about your dad and how he got you running. I think you put it up for National Runners Day. Um, yep. And I want to I want you to tell that story and kind of tell talk about um, how he inspired you, how he got you running. Oh, sure. Well, my dad is a Brooklyn boy, born and raised and never did any kind of running. Um, he always jokes that he was a professional stickball player. So he played in the streets. <laughs> You know, he's always into ball sports and had four girls and we were like, you know, entertained him with the idea of maybe we would play basketball and softball, but never really good. And then I have three older sisters and two of them got into running. And so he had to initiate himself into the world of cross country and then later into track and field and then later into triathlon. So he has just been like just as passionate about baseball, about triathlon and running as he is about baseball now, even though he himself was never a runner. But when I was in high school, so what you were referring to is my post about um, my very first cross country race. Um, I didn't really make a big deal about it because I was following my sister's footsteps. She had just graduated from high school. She was a star runner and um, I didn't want to be compared to her. I didn't think I was going to be as good as her. So I was like, don't come to my race. I just want to, you know, typical 14 year old, just I'll see you at home. And I ended up running the race and I, I won. And I remember my ponytail holder fell out. So my hair was wild. And like, I was so just like really out of my element, not knowing what I was supposed to, I never won a race before. I never run that far before except for practice. And I ran right into my dad's arms. He was waiting for me at the finish line and a photographer was there. Um, and back in the day, you know, photographers would cover things and they don't, now it's, now it's social media, but, um, this, this photographer took a picture and the picture is of my dad, like kind of, I'm in his arms and he has a stopwatch in his hand and he was probably just saying like, are you okay? Great job. We're so proud of you. Um, and that was just a moment in time, but the, the photograph ended up, um, on the cover of the newspaper, like the whole County had this newspaper. It's since folded. And, um, 
I'll never forget my mom's friend called the newspaper like weeks later and got a copy of that picture. And, you know, those things are like so fleeting. Like, you know, you, you can say I was in the newspaper once, but newspapers yellow and they they're brittle and you put them in a bottom of a box somewhere. And the the fact that I have the print, I framed it when I went to college and I have kept it with me. And so it's hangs right over my desk right here. And yeah, it just reminds me of the the support I had from my dad from the very start. And he still is like such a good, we call him a super fan. You know, he's just like always supportive of us. And he's always good with a good quip, like, you know, go out and get him or just like a one liner. He'll text us, my sisters and I, who we still compete. And so, you know, it's never been like any, he's never given us an ounce of pressure or anything. So yeah, for father's day, let's give a shout out to my dad, Irv, who's actually downstairs babysitting Maeve right now. (laughs) Yeah. How about you though? Like how is your dad? Um, My dad. Well, so I have, I have two dads. I had a a Mm -hmm. biological dad who um, I, you know, I live, I mean, I lived with, he, uh, my parents divorced when I was like in sixth grade and then he ended up passing away when I was about 22. Um, But he was around for most of my athletic life. He didn't ever get to see me row, um, but he was Mm -hmm. always um, like crazy encouraging um, beyond, you know, what was reasonable for my athletic talent, like mm-hmm. <laughs> the softball field or on the tennis court. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, those were the kind of the two things that I played that he would come and watch and, you know, and just, you know, just thought that I'd, you know, hung the moon or could beat Venus mm-hmm. or Serena when in fact I was, you know, losing at third doubles, <laughs> you know, in my uh, high school yeah. match. But anyway, um, but yeah, so that was great. And then I have a dad, uh, my stepdad, John, they're both, both my dad's her name John, so I have two Johns, and um, John Pearson, my stepdad, uh, also, well, he always wanted, he was a ba- big basketball player um, and mm-hmm. a basketball coach, um, and he always was giving me a hard time with love about that I should be play basketball, and the mm-hmm. like. he coached like a seventh and eighth grade middle school team and would get me out, you know, on ha- during the halftime and like, you know, get me to shoot, and he's like, Dimity, you've got a gift, you've got a gift, and I'm like, no, no, I don't. I do not want to play basketball. I don't want people in my face. I don't want people, you know, elbowing me, whatever. So, um, yeah, they, they, they're, you know, it's always just nice to have a parent. Not, I like a parent that um, cares but isn't over-involved, right? Um, so. Yeah, yeah. And uh, luckily, um, we get to talk to one today, um, which is going to be great. So, Sarah, mm-hmm. you want to you um, tell us? about who we get to talk to? Yeah, so you know, we may be all about mom power around here at Another Mother Runner, but that's not to say we don't appreciate all of the dads out there too. So in honor of Father's Day this month, we're bringing on one totally hands-on and downright impressive dad, none other than Ryan Hall. Yes, the Ryan Hall, you know, the American record holder in the half marathon, the sub 205 marathon runner, the first US runner to break the one hour barrier in the half marathon. Since he retired um, in 2016 at the age of 33, Ryan has become quite the uber dad and husband. And today we'll hear all about his somewhat unconventional life now, supporting all of his his girls, which includes in coaching his wife, Sarah Hall, who is one of the best American distance runners in the history of the sport and their four daughters. So that's right. Ryan is a lone male in the Hall household. Ryan, you might have to correct us. I think all of your dogs are even girls too. We do have one boy dog, so okay. <laughs> yeah, but there's yeah. a there's a lot of females. In my a lot house, of female yeah. energy in your house. 
So many of you might be familiar with Sarah and Ryan's journey as parents, which began when they adopted four girls, uh, four sisters, we should say, from Ethiopia in 2015. And we'll have a chance to hear all about that from Ryan, as well as get to his day-to-day, which also involves a pretty intense training schedule of his own. So welcome, Ryan. First of all, congrats on joining an exclusive small and mighty club of male guests on the Another Mother Runner podcast. We're so glad to have you here. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I'm stoked to be on the show. Yeah. So Ryan, catch us up um, on life lately as a dad. It seems like you always have so much going on with your daughters, activities, with Sarah's career as a pro runner. We're sure it's it's very hard to balance and keep track of. So let's just start with the names of your daughters, their ages, and what they're into right now. Yeah. So uh, Hannah is our oldest. She's 17. Oh, no, sorry. 20. She's turning 22 in July. Our second oldest is 17. Um, so she's going into her junior year at Grand Canyon University and she's running for them. And uh, yeah, yeah. Loving, loving life up here. We're in Crested Butte, Colorado right now. And then uh, my second daughter is Mia and she's 17. She's going into her senior year at Flagstaff High School. And uh, yeah, also running, won a couple state titles already and hoping to run collegiately as well. So she's she's quite the athlete as well. Um, and then my two youngest, Jasmine, um, who's 13, and then Lily, who is uh, 10. So we have quite the quite the spread of girls, um, and they're they're all super active. Our youngest two kind of do a lot of different sports. You know, like I've definitely learned like running is not something you force on anyone because <laughs> at the end of the day, you got to be the one who wants it when you're out there. You know, I was very grateful that my dad was the same with me, so I try to have the same approach with my kids, but also like introduce them to running in a fun way. You know, because unfortunately in the U.S. today. It's used as punishment. It's seen as a bad thing. No one likes to do it. All the kids are like, I don't want to go run a lot for PE class. You know, so, but that's not necessarily how it has to be introduced to kids. Like, get them out in the forest, running barefoot through the forest on trails. Or, like, make it make it fun. Play games. Um, like, when people ask me, like, they have little kids who maybe are five years old and they want to get into running. I'm like, put them in soccer. Have them chase a soccer ball around. That's probably the most healthy thing they could do at that age, you know? So, um, I think... As for those parents who do like love running, um, thinking about creative ways to like make running super fun for your kids, especially at the beginning, because we all know like running is it's like a secret club. It's hardest at the beginning and you don't realize how fun it's going to be till you actually get fit enough to enjoy your fitness. And that's when running really gets fun. But it's hard to get into because no one feels like that at the beginning, you know, so mm-hmm. totally, yeah. totally. All right. And wait, you left out the dogs. How many dogs do you have and, and what are their names? Yeah, so we have three dogs. Um, we have Kai and Dash and Mita. So we just added Mita a couple of years back, and she's super fun. Um, but yeah, we have a whole pack of Siberian Huskies. So oh, wow. every, whenever anyone goes to our house, they get greeted by a bunch of uh, Siberians. <laughs> which, which one is the boy, Kai or uh, Mita? Uh, Dash. Dash, Dash. I'm sorry. Okay, Dash. Yeah. Very good. All right. And- just catch us up on Sarah too. So she's prepping for the world championships marathon this summer in Oregon. So how involved are you with her day to day? 
Yeah. Yeah. We're super stoked. I mean, world championships in the U.S., it feels like it's in our backyard, you know. And actually, you know, most of the time you're running world champs, you're guaranteed it's going to be a hot race, right? Like it's in the summertime. It's usually in a warm location. They usually run it at like 10 or 11 a.m. I don't know why it's not. It's for like the TV <laughs> cameras. It's not for the athletes, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, in Eugene, they're starting at 6.15 a.m., um, so, you know, you never know what kind of weather you can get in Eugene, but it has the potential to actually be a pretty quick race. The course is fairly flat and fast. I think it's like uh, eight mile loops that they do a number of times and then add on a little bit. Um, so yeah, we're, we're prepping super hard. She's right in the middle of it. I just dropped her off at the airport this morning. She's heading out to New York where she's going to uh, try to defend her title in the mini 10 K. Nice. So she's, she's stoked on that. That's on Saturday. Um, so, you know, we're backing down training slightly for that right now, but I mean, in terms of my involvement in her training, I wear a whole bunch of different hats. So, um, I go to all of her workouts. I bike with her in front of her, play music for her, give her fluids. So I'm kind of like coaching slash water boy slash DJ. Um, so I do that for all of her workouts. I try to join her for as many of her easy runs as possible as well. Sometimes I'll run with her. I've been running a little bit more. So, um, up here in Crested Butte, it's hard not to run. So, so uh, yeah it's just stunning it's it's unreal um so i'll I'll hop in a couple runs with her on her easy days and then also like doing some massage work i was giving her a massage last night before bed like working on the therapy end of things too um and then just trying to offload her as much as possible like i know there's no way i could run at the level she's running at with adding four kids to the family all at one time like she did you know um so i do try to help her uh with that as much as possible run the errands drive the kids all around like try to you know give her some time where she can just feel like a professional athlete and be home and not necessarily having to do anything so um it's a it's a full full full-time job you know when i retired i I don't feel like I retired. I feel like I started working. <laughs> I was about to say, I think you stepped up in your responsibilities. That's yeah. Awesome. Well, and what about your girls? So you talked a little bit about getting younger kids running um, a little bit ago, but Hannah and Mia, did you like, what's in your involvement in their running? Did you coach them in high school or did you just like introduce them to it and then let them fly or kind of talk a little bit about that evolution? Yeah. So, I mean, they have a little bit of advantage growing up in Ethiopia, like they sure. like running is a huge sport there. Right. So like everyone knows who the Baba is and Gabriel Selassie and these guys. So they grew up like kind of a fan of the sport. So when we met them in the orphanage, they said they wanted to be runners. So, um, you know, they always had that healthy appreciation. The thing is they were in orphanage for three years, um, and could, couldn't leave the or- orphanage at all. So it's kind of like prison. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can imagine like they weren't physically in very good shape at all. Um, like we were visiting them, uh, once we got to know them, like kind of in the last year of that three years and we'd bring like soccer balls and goals and jump ropes and try and get stuff to like, get, let them be active. But, um, you know, they had to get kind of like reintroduced to everything. So I remember our two oldest, like they couldn't even run one lap around a track without stopping when we first brought them home. And then fast forward, um, just a little bit and they're both winning state titles in high school cross country and stuff. So it's just 
it's the power of consistency, you know, and, and having reasonable expectations on how much progress you should make and how quick you should make that progress. That's what's going to set you up for long-term success, you know, like having easy to attain goals that are in step fashion and you just keep hitting these goals. You keep taking your current step and then you look back all of a sudden you're like, oh, I've come a long ways. You know, I've really improved a ton and it's been fun to watch them do that and continue to grow in the sport and you know they have their setbacks too and their challenges like hana she's uh getting over her stress reaction right now that she just got and um you know that's all a part of it too it's not running is not up into the right kind of sport if that's what you're looking <laughs> for i wouldn't recommend it so that's a great description i love that i think yeah. i'm gonna steal that ryan yeah <laughs> Also, I think just to back up a bit for anyone who's not familiar with your your adoption journey, can you? I know it's a it's a long one, but can you can briefly tell us about how you and Sarah came to the decision to adopt and how it led to finding your beautiful daughters? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, first off, to start, I never wanted to adopt. I never thought about it. I didn't see it. My family wasn't around it. Just like wasn't on my grid at all, you know. But um, on our first date at Stanford, first week of freshman year, we went out to a sushi restaurant. And I don't know how we started like talking about something like kids and stuff, but somehow we got on the topic. And she's like, yeah, I've always wanted to adopt. I like drew myself with like all these different adopted kids, like when I was a little girl and stuff. Um, so the reason why I like to start with that is because it's cool to see how your heart for adoption, it can be just like in you, like Sarah from the very beginning. And she just always wanted to, but it can also be a growing thing. Like me, I had zero grid for it. Like that was the first time I even thought about like, would I potentially adopt? It was when we were having that dinner, you know? Um, and it wasn't just like a one-time thing where like, oh yeah, I could do that. And then you just go for it. It's, <laughs> it's like, you know, that was 10, 12 years later um, when we ended up actually adopting, you know? So it was a process for me um, to kind of grow into it a little bit more. But um, the cool thing about adoption is, um, you have to so aggressively go after your kids. They call it being paper pregnant. And uh, it's really like that. But like, I was so on it. I like every single time I got to the next next step, because you kind of have to do one thing before you can do another thing. I would get that next step and I'd be on it that day moving on it, you know, because I knew every day I delayed my kids were, were sitting in the orphanage. So um, we decided we wanted to adopt. We were, we were going to adopt just an infant girl. Um, was the plan to start off like, normal people too. Um, <laughs> but we were, we were on this wait list in Ethiopia and we fell in love with Ethiopia. I love the people, the culture. And we're just like, man, we feel so connected to this people group and this culture. We want to help in some way to become a part of it, to integrate ourselves into it, you know? And so that's why we decided to adopt from Ethiopia. But so we're on this waiting list. We're number 76. In the meantime, we're there training. We're visiting these orphanages. All these older kids are just waiting for families. And we're like, why are we doing this? We're number 76 on a wait list. that's not even moving. Like we're going to wait like two or three years. And these kids are just waiting for families. They're just waiting for someone to step up. And after you interact with the kids, you're like, I'd take any one of these kids home in a second, you know? Oh. So we decided to change up our paperwork. We had to change adoption agencies. We we're out a lot of cash for that. But it was all kind of, again, you're aggressively going after your kids, you know. Um, and during that time, when we decided to adopt, we became aware of four girls in an orphanage. And I forget exactly how we became aware of it. It was like some online forum or they have different 
groups maybe for adoption groups that Sarah's in, I think is what it was. And uh, we became aware of four girls. They're looking for a home. They'd been looking for a number of years, couldn't find a family. Um, They're talking about splitting the girls up. And uh, that really just kind of broke my heart. You know, I'm in the middle of five kids, super close to my siblings. And uh, I was like, these guys have been through enough. You don't break up kids, you know? So I had some fear and trepidation about just like jumping in that. And so did Sarah, as you can imagine, it's a big step. Um, But I couldn't find anything but fear that was holding me back. And, uh, you know, when I'm at my best, I'm not making decisions based on fear I'm making them out of love and passion and what I want, not trying to like avoid pain. Right. Um, So we just, we eventually, we went over to Ethiopia again to train and meet our kids, hang out with them. And it was important for me, you know, in this process, like you're choosing your kids, but it's also important for the kids to be choosing us, right? I don't want them to be in my family and feel like I forced them to be in there. Like I want to, I want it to come from them. Same thing with running, right? So we got to know them and we were just kind of pretending like we were just there playing with all the kids, you know? And then I'll never forget, we, we had, uh, we went into the, to the nurse's office, and uh, they called in all the girls. And uh, sorry. Um, That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, it is it's an emotional experience, I'm sure. I mean, just thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, sorry. Um, but the, the nurse was translating for us and basically was like, hey, they want to adopt you. Do you want to join their family? And uh, the, the girls just lost it. It was crazy. Oh. Um, yeah. So, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Super powerful moment. Yeah. Like one, one that I'll never forget, you know? And then yeah. after that, you know, it was crazy. Cause I was thinking not only are we adopting four girls all at one time, that's a huge ship. We're also becoming like a biracial family. How is that going to feel? Sure. Um, we're going back to Redding, California, which isn't as diverse as we would have hoped or chosen if we knew we were going to be adopting four girls. So there's all these kind of things floating around your head. How's this thing going to go? And uh, it was crazy. Like for me, like they started calling me dad and Sarah mom, like right away. And uh, it it just felt totally organic and totally natural, like Mm -hmm. from day one. And and it is a growing thing. You know, things aren't perfect and we don't have perfect relationships with our kids, but we're growing together and uh, trying to get better at this thing together. So, um, yeah. They're, they're super fun. I mean, you can imagine we went from two professional athletes. We like our entire job is just hanging out and training and that's it, (laughs) you know? And then we went to like, they went straight into school, even though they didn't know any English at all. Um, like the first week, because for them, school is an honor to go to, like you get to go to school. Not everyone gets to go to school in Ethiopia. And if you do, it's like a privilege. So like they wanted to go to school right away. So even though they didn't know English, like they just went into it and, um, yeah, they've just kind of like embraced our family and our culture. And it's been fairly easy kind of to mold kind of two families together, you know, as mm-hmm. Sarah and I kind of joined their family in a way. So it's been mm-hmm. super fun. It's amazing. That's yeah. So great. On this, the first day of summer, step up to better running with Curex. Curex insoles are the number one insole in the run specialty retail market, meaning in running stores, they're the most popular brand of insoles. And it's no wonder, Curex Run Pro insoles are highly customized and provide dynamic arch support. I know there's a lot of add to your shoes options, yet insoles shouldn't be just cushioning and shouldn't only be stiff like custom orthotics. 
Curex delivers the best of both these options. Curex RunPro insoles have flexible support with the ideal level of rigidity. They have a thin, low profile while still providing maximum support and comfort. Curex RunPro insoles are available in three profiles, high, medium, and low. I have high arches, so my feet, knees, hips, and back are grateful I added Curex RunPro insoles to my shoes and Curex Ace Pro insoles to my court shoes for playing pickleball. Once you become a believer in Curex RunPro insoles, like me, you'll want to check out the brand's other options. Curex offers the largest line of sport activity-specific insoles, from Cleat Pro for soccer or baseball, Hike Pro for hiking, Support Step for walkers, even Work Pro for on-their-feet professions, plus golf, hockey, and skiing, too. Try Curex risk-free today. The company offers a 60-day warranty, even if the product has been cut to fit your shoes. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off a pair of Curex insoles. That's C-U-R-R-E-X dot U-S with code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex.us and that code AMR15. A brief refresher about the by women for women brand Wazelle. It's pronounced Wazelle and it's spelled O-I-S-E-L-L-E. It's French for bird. Wazelle makes running apparel for female athletes of all ages, paces, and places. Their mission is threefold. Make great product, improve the sport, and build the sisterhood. Wazelle started with an obsession for creating the first ever non-poofy, smooth-waisted, well-constructed women's running shorts, the now-beloved Roga. They now offer a full range of shorts, tanks, tights, accessories, and outerwear. And I pretty much love all of it. There are numerous examples of Wazelle improving the sport of running, including giving away nearly 20,000 sports bras to girls in need through the Bras for Girls program. 20,000 bras given away. Dare I say, that's impressive support. As for building the sisterhood, Wazelle created the Volet Team, a community committed to challenging, supporting, and empowering runners of all ages, backgrounds, paces, and interests. If you haven't already, you need to check out Wazelle. And thanks to our partnership, you can save 25% off any Wazelle tank tops during the month of June 2022. Use code AMR25 at wazelle.com. That big savings is exclusive to our audience, so shop now. Again, use code AMR25 at wazelle.com. That's O-I-S-E-L-L-E dot com and code AMR25. Just like with running, it's important to be surrounded by people you enjoy and respect in the workplace. Indeed can help you build the best team possible. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessment, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, more than 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. And it gets even better. Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. I love how seamless virtual interviews is. There's no need to install anything extra. Indeed's virtual interviews work from your browser. Another way virtual interviews saves you time and hassle? You can message, schedule, and interview top talent all in one place on Indeed. Voila! Sign up for Indeed now and get a $75 credit towards your first sponsored job. Plus, earn up to $500 extra in sponsored job credits with Indeed's virtual interviews. Visit Indeed.com AMR to learn more. Claim your credits at Indeed.com AMR. Indeed.com AMR. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, so are there any moments, I mean, so you, you just talked about, you know, becoming an Insta dad, an Insta family. I mean, are there any moments from the early days that you can look back on now and kind of laugh and think, oh my gosh, like, what were we doing? What was I doing? I had no clue. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure there's been lots of those moments where I've made some some funny mistakes. But I mean, most of the stuff that I think back on is just like their silliness, you know? Yeah. Like, I think the first time we took them to the grocery store, you know, those bags you get to get like apples or produce. Yeah. They took those out and they like put them on their head and they were like walking <laughs> around the store with these bags on them. So there's just kind of like lots of fun moments like that of them like being introduced to our culture, like the first time they hopped in the elevator and it just started moving. Uh-huh. I mean, could you imagine like, cause I couldn't tell them what was about to happen. Cause I knew a little bit of Amharic, but not very much. And so all of a sudden, like we walk in this room, we press this button and then the move, the room starts moving. Like if you don't know that's coming, that's kind of crazy, you know? Um, so there's been lots of kind of fun moments like that. That's yeah. Cool. Um, have you like held on to a lot to their Ethiopian culture? Like, do you still like eat their food and really how have you kind of uh, assimilated their culture yeah for sure so i mean we have a house over there um they've been back a number of times since we adopted them um definitely the food the food's the easiest thing to assimilate i love the mm-hmm. food it's super hard <laughs> to make though like this injara is this flatbread i don't know have you guys had ethiopian food mm-hmm. i have yeah. Yeah. yeah i've never yeah. made it so i wouldn't even know where to start yeah <laughs> Yeah, making that flatbread, that in jar is like impossible. <laughs> like we tried a million times. So there's some things that you can only get really good like at an Ethiopian restaurant or like over in Ethiopia. And that's certainly one of them. But uh, like our oldest two girls, you know, they grew up kind of running the show at their house. Like they were already doing this stuff. Like they were throwing rocks at monkeys to keep them away from their farm and making meals. And like, that was their day. They, they never had a pair of shoes. They were walking around like, and they were so happy, right? It was almost like an idyllic childhood, like pretty, pretty cool, but also a lot of responsibilities, you know, I think uh, kids are seen more as like, not more, but more than the U S is like kind of like a resource, right? Like they help you live which is interesting, you know, so different than the American culture, but also interesting and not necessarily wrong, just, you know, different. Um, So anyways, like um, we brought them home and I remember Sarah and I went for a long run. We came back and they were just all cleaning our house. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, it was like a match made in heaven because Sarah and I are pretty messy people and we don't like to clean. <laughs> and we we don't even have to ask them to do stuff and they they do stuff, you know. So um, they're they're amazing kids. So I know not everyone's adoption story is like that. Not everyone, yeah. you know, had things go so easy. So I do feel like super fortunate that um, it's just it was a really good match and it's things have gone as smoothly as they have. And like I said, things are not perfect, but um i mean we're, we feel super blessed so it's been it's been a good journey so far sounds like nice. it yeah well so as moms we are i mean and it's kind of the trendy thing right now self-care it's or for women in general you know the we know the importance of carving out our personal time but that's i don't i don't think that i hear it so much for men and dads so um how do you find kind of your own time your sense of self among all the things that you do ryan yeah, no, I definitely, I have to have getaways. I have to have me time and pretty much every day. 
Like, yeah. I'm just not going to be a happy person if I'm not taking care of myself. You know, I think people get burned when they, they, they treat it like a burnout job and they, they don't feel like they can take care of themselves, you know? So like it, it feel, it does feel a little bit selfish sometimes to be like, all right, I'm gonna go to the gym for two hours. I'll see you guys in two hours. You know? Yeah, sure. But like, I'm a different person after that. I'm a happy person. I'm in a good space. I also have my own goals that I'm going after in the weight room, you know? So it's a way for me to keep evolving and changing as a person, which I'm all about. Um, so you got to be selfish as a parent. I, th- I think we don't say that enough. I think parents are, they're working too hard. They're trying too hard. They're judging themselves too much. Like we need to like, and not, not every parent, you know, but a lot of parents, parents like me and Sarah, like we're beating ourselves up about the things we're not doing, or maybe the things we said and not giving ourselves enough pats on the back, you know, and giving ourselves enough breaks and um, selfish time to go do what, what we want to do. But it's fun now. Like, so I got into weightlifting when I retired from pro running like six years ago. Um, and now my daughter, Jasmine, she's getting into it. So like, after I get off with you guys, I'll go do the first part of my weights and then she'll join me for the second half. And, um, it's been super fun to like get her her in there as well. So, I mean, you can like pull your kids into things you want to do. Like it's, I love it as a parent, when we find things that we are all actually having fun doing, you know, it's sometimes it's like, yeah, you do things for your kids. You're not really enjoying it, but they're having such a good time. You just do it anyways. And that's cool and it has its place, but um, I love the moments when it's like, actually, everyone here is really enjoying this and having fun. And those those are the best, you know, as a yeah. family. Well, speaking of moments, you just mentioned, you know, the girls walking around the grocery store with the plastic bags on their head, just like funny things like that. But do you have any like standout moments where you're just like bursting, your heart's bursting with pride of, for these girls? Yeah, for sure. And like kind of all in their own different vein, like Jasmine, she's super into acting. And uh, I remember watching her act and I'd never seen her practice because I don't go to her practices. And she was acting. And I was like, whoa, she's really good. And she's like singing and stuff. And yes, yeah, so you have the moments of like being super proud. And then obviously, you know, watching my older girls with the running, um, seeing how far they've come, how much they've approved, get pretty emotional. Sometimes when I watch them run. And, uh, and then just little moments too, you know, where you just sit there and look at someone and you're just like, I just really appreciate them and love them. Yeah. And that's enough. You know, they don't have to do anything to earn that too. So, yeah. um, that's yeah. Awesome. As a, um, as a, I also, I'm a sports mom, just like you're like a sports dad, Ryan. And I have a kid that's very into acting and I call them rehearsals as well. Or no, no, they're not called, they're called I call them practices and they're not, they're rehearsals. Oh. <laughs> I get corrected quite a bit. I also have a, you know, a, a snippy 16 year old teenager right now. So maybe she'll correct you as you get older, but yeah. um, well, so Ryan, I got to hear you talk about um, your Grand Canyon um adventure, I guess, is what I would call it on the Drive podcast. I thought that was just remarkable. You're going to tell us about that briefly. And then I'm just curious, like, you know, you said you have to have your own goals. So I'm just wondering what else is on your mind? Do you have anything on your calendar or on your mind um, for the next couple months or year or so? Yeah. Oh, I got too many ideas. I'm an ideas man. <laughs> um, yeah. So the Grand Canyon, this was sweet. I mean, we live 90 minutes from the Grand Canyon. So like people do like just go there to train. Um, but I wanted to do something that like represents who I am um, as an athlete now. And that's kind of like strength plus endurance, kind of both. So I'm finding like things I love to do in both of those categories and then combining them together. So, um, this was the chop wood, carry water, um, challenge. And what I did is 
I set up a cord of wood in my house and my friends and family, they're all there helping stack the wood and stuff too. I split a cord of wood by hand with an ax at my house, like super early in the morning. And then we headed out to the Grand Canyon. Um, I ran down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon with my brother and buddy. And uh, I had two wa- empty water jugs, like the biggest ones you can buy on Amazon. I think there's 70 gallons. They were, they were 62 pounds each um, wow. in each hand. <laughs> when you fill them up. So I got down to the, the bottom of the Colorado river, fall, uh, filled up my bottles and, uh, started a super long, hard, I think there's like 5,000 feet of elevation gain coming out of the Canyon. And, uh, I had to walk every one of those steps holding 62 pound jugs in my hand, but it was just the coolest experience. Like I loved the training for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved like having my brother and his girlfriend and my friends there. Like it was just, such a cool experience i'll never forget it got dark on us because of course it always takes way longer than you think it's gonna take <laughs> i was like yeah we'll be back by dinner <laughs> we finished, like, how long did it take you do you know uh the carry out so i mean we started the challenge at 6 a.m and we finished at 10 p.m is wow. when i finally got out of the canyon um i think the carry out was five or six hours. I can't remember. It's all kind of blending together. Yeah. Was it hard? I mean, this is such a dumb question, but I'm just, was it like a lot harder than you thought it was going to be or just as hard or kind of where, where did it fall in the intensity yeah. spectrum? No, this is actually a really good question. Cause it was interesting. Um, like I was fine in terms of strength, like my grip strength, my hands, everything was pretty much fine. Um, the hardest thing was my cardio. Really? So yeah, like it's like doing an interval workout. Like, because I would just pick up these jugs, walk as fast as I can uphill, mind you, the whole way, and set them down, you know, go as far as I can, and then set them down. So maybe I go for like 30 seconds and then walk around for like 20, 30 seconds, pick up the jugs, go again. And you're just doing that for like five hours. So, like, my heart rate was super high. I was breathing like a truck the whole time so um it was surprising like how cardio dominant it was um i hadn't been doing as much run as i'm doing now so i think i could probably even go faster now because i've been running a lot more are you gonna do it again then uh you know there's like i said there's so many ideas that i have a hard time going back to stuff so um no i think me and my buddy we want to take uh, so i've gotten into rowing a little bit which i love rowing i love it even as cross training for for runners like you get such a good workout in such a short amount of time so uh, my buddy's super into it and he's really good i'm just learning like i haven't even learned how to row properly yet but i still i'll just jump on there and have fun um, but we're going to take it to the top of this thirteen thousand foot mountain in crested butte um you can take it apart and we're going to carry it up there and then we're going to row five thousand meters for time up there and see what we can do but um you know just crazy <laughs> stuff like that stuff. a whole machine carry it with you put it back together yeah. row five thousand meters and then come back down. Wow, I love yeah. it. Those are some out of the box <laughs> ideas yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and how much running are you doing? Because I know people are would love to see Ryan Hall back on the race course. Are you going to be <laughs> Are you going to be racing some five Ks, or this is just just for training purposes? No, like the the only. But this is so cool too, because the only reason why I used to run was for performance to run fast, right? Now the only reason why I run is so that I can go out into the forest and bury myself far out there and just enjoy <laughs> being out there in nature, you know? Like, it's like 
fun transportation experience like forest experience you know mm-hmm. it's just purely for the fun of it that's it yeah, that's so awesome. it's it's kind of yeah. cool to like have that shift and experiencing run because it's not like the performance thing is wrong right like like we have run free training or we're helping athletes go after their goals and stuff and that's that's cool but you also gotta like really enjoy it that was something my dad told me that i always remember throughout my entire career whenever i was feeling super nervous before a race be like hey ryan it's supposed to be fun <laughs> I was like, yeah you're right i forgot for a second but it's you easy to forget that yeah 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 Oh, wow. Well, I just wanted to say thank you for bringing up about parents having to be selfish. I have four kids of my own and I'm constantly battling with that, like mom guilt. And it's good to hear that from you, you know, because you're such a hands-on dad and like, you know, we, we do need our time to ourselves without guilt. And so right. if, we, if we achieve that, then, you know, hopefully we'll all be happier people, happier and fitter. Right, Dimity? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 100%. Exactly. <laughs> So last question, Ryan here, you just don't coach your kids and your wife. You've also created run free training, which you refer to as a holistic approach to coaching. Can you share that philosophy behind it? And um, what led you to creating it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I never wanted to create, there's so many great coaching programs out there and I'm friends with all these people. Like I know Jack Daniels and um, McCurdy and all these guys, like we're all friends. We see each other. So like, I love what they're doing, but I didn't, here's the thing. I, what I wish I had is an athlete. So I went to Stanford. I worked with professional coaches, a number of them. And I never once had a coach sit down with me and be like, let's look at not just your training, but let me look at your nutrition. Let me look at how much sleep you're getting. Let me look at your weight plan. Uh, some of the coaches do get into weights, but um, you know, no one was looking at it as a complete package. And yet like runners are a complete package. Like you can't like have your nutrition not dialed in and get optimal run results. Like the two are intimately connected. There's no way around it. Right. There are some sports where it doesn't matter. Like you're playing baseball, you can eat donuts and be hitting home runs. Right. I mean, not to say like (laughs) baseball players aren't fit. No, 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 I know, but it's true. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Everything has to be dialed. And yet there's not a lot out there where they're, dialing in everything so I kind of saw that like need in the world you know and I was like um my 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 buddy Jay he actually approached me about it um and I like I said I wasn't really that interested in it but then I started thinking about I was like you know what it'd be really cool if it wasn't just about the run training because everyone wants the magic bullet training plan there is no magic bullet training plan like you it has to be adjusted it has to be customized to you has you the training plan has to follow the athlete, not the other way around. That's what coach Canova told me, legendary coach Canova told me when we started working together and he's so spot on with that. So like I wanted to create something along with Jay and the rest of our staff at run free training. Um, that was that, that we, we do look at our athletes nutrition and their sleep and we get their weights going. Like it's a whole, and in the inner game, you know, I had my podcast run free podcast, which has been on a hiatus for a while. Cause Honestly, I kind of felt like I said everything I wanted to say. Sure. So I'm like, I yeah. don't feel like I just need to create content to fill the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. We, we might get it going again with a different slant or something. But um, for now, I'm just like, no, like I really wanted to say the stuff that was on there and I said it and I can leave it. No, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So but anyways, it's been super fun just building this business with people that I love. Um, we're having our run free camp up here in Crested Buttes actually starting this afternoon. 
And uh, I'm just stoked. I just can't wait to hang out with everyone and interact with the athletes and, and hopefully get to share some things that's helpful for people on their journeys, you know? Um, but I mean, they're going to be in Crested Butte, so they really can't lose. It's, it's no. a win-win situation. 100%. Yeah. And you just have so much knowledge and experience and, you know, I love that philosophy that you have. So, um, so our final question for you, not that we want to speed up time, but if you could take a peek into the future, what do you see your life looking like in 10 or 20 years from now? Where do you see yourself? Mm. First off, I'd say I wouldn't want to look. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love mystery. Like people yeah. are always trying to get away from mystery. I love that. Even like the mystery of death, you know, mm. like, I mean, if you really want to take it far, you could go there. Like it's like a very mysterious process that we're all going to go through, but there's something kind of beautiful about the mystery and the not knowing. So I definitely wouldn't want to know. Now, if you had to ask me, what would I predict we'd be doing? Um, you know, Sarah, she's always wanted to um, do some type of development work. She's pictured that again, since she was a little kid. And um, we have our house over in Ethiopia. We have the Hall Steps Foundation. We've already kind of been moving in this vein a little bit. And I think when she retires from pro running, we'll really kind of transition more into like, let's shift kind of like fully into the philanthropic um, work that, that we want to be involved in probably most likely in Ethiopia, you know, like you said, we, we love the people and the culture and, um, have a lot of connections there and, um, could see ourselves over there, you know, if not full-time, at least like part of the year. So we'll probably be doing that. And, uh, it's going to be a fun road. Good I'm stuff. excited. It'll be a for mystery. It. It'll be a mystery. Yeah. Let's just, let's just get up that mountain first with the rowing <laughs> machine, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's me a journey. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ryan, for joining us. You are so fun to talk to and have so much energy and your girls and your wife, of course, are lucky to have you. Um, enjoy. Well, enjoy Father's Day and um, and we will see you around. Yeah. And thank you guys for doing what you're doing. I appreciate people doing good work in the world and encouraging parents. We could all use a lot of that. So I appreciate you guys. Oh, thanks, thank Ryan. You. Thanks a lot. All right, guys.